this looks good. Let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Jesus, that you bring life. You, you are the living water, Lord. As we take from your word, Lord Jesus, we drink deep, Lord Jesus. Our life is sustained. We grow. We mature. I thank you that as Chris preaches, there will be a great anointing on him. I thank you that you'll speak to him as well as you're speaking through him. I thank you, Jesus, that we will be blessed and he'll be blessed to be a blessing. And I thank you, Father, that he has absolute peace now and knows your grace as he brings your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Tim. Um, yeah, it is. It's, our Father is actually so amazing. So, sorry, welcome to everybody online. Uh, I think Tim has already welcomed you. Um, for the guys that don't know me, my name is Chris Rothman. My wife, Carla, she was up here this morning, and my daughter, Lareka. So we don't, or I didn't discuss the songs that the guys sung this morning. And I only chose my title for my scripture after they had practiced on Tuesday. And I wasn't here on Tuesday. I was at another meeting. But the last song they sung was make me a vessel and use me and put new wine in me. And that is, that is absolutely part of my scripture this morning. So you'll see it come out. And that's, that's how good our God is. He works in all these ways to bring it together for the good of our God. All right. So, yes, I, I've got a suit on this morning. Um, I thought I'd show Tim how it's done. So... <laughs> No, no, there's, there, is, there, is, there is a reason why I have a suit on, and it will become apparent just now. And, and just, I'll give credit where I know it comes from. So this illustration was not mine. Um, I saw it, and I thought it was, it was fitting for the word this morning, and that's why I have a suit on. And maybe I don't have other clothes to wear either. I don't know. All right, so Brooke Lingerwood from um, Hillsong Worship once said before a concert that she wore a suit because she came to do business with Jesus. And we should do that every Sunday. Every Sunday when we come here, irrespective of how we are dressed, we are coming here to come and do business with our Father. And it's that interaction and making a connection with the Holy Spirit that's important every single time we can. And not just at church, but when we go away from here, we should do that as well. So this morning I'm going to share a little bit of my, my testimony. So I, got, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. I was fortunate and blessed that from the first day I can remember, I was, I was in church. I grew up in church, morning service, evening service, uh, Laid in the pews, I was drawing. I saw uh, Fricky's son the other day. He was playing with his toys in the front. And I remember that as being me. I remember being in church every Sunday. Every opportunity there was, I was fortunate enough to be in a family where that was the way I was brought up. Mom ran the Sunday school for a period of time. She was involved in the church. Dad was deaconing and... He was picking up the elderly, bringing them to church, people that don't have transport. It is just the family that I grew up in. It was, 
you don't realize it when you're growing up, but it's an amazing example. It's a foundation that is so critical in these times that we live in, is to have a foundation on the rock, on Jesus, from day one. Not everybody has that privilege, but I was privileged enough to have that from, from day one. And everything that needed to be done, they served the, the Lord. And we did, as, as kids, we were building a church, and trees had to be chopped down, and we were there on Saturdays, um, giving our time for the expansion of the Lord's kingdom. And that was the foundation that I had as a child. So I, I want to bring this into Scripture, Luke 15, verse 11 to 20. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a different uh, take on this, but I, I'm sure everybody knows that the parable of the lost son. So, is it up? There we go. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off to a distant country, and there squandered his wealth with wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went, to, he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him into the fields uh, to feed the pigs. He longed for, to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. So now you're going to wonder, what, what does that have to do with my foundation and my upbringing. But I believe a, a part of this was he had the right upbringing to the point where he left his father. So he was shown the way. And Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that is, that is true. And now you can think for yourself, okay, but... He did go off. He, he did go away. He lost his road. That's also true. We are all human. At some stage, we face worldly things. We face challenges that take us off the road, and we lose sight of God. But the scripture there, and, and what was so nice, it said, when he came to his senses, he went back to his father. And his roots was in Jesus, so he knew he could go back. It is never too late to go back to our father. Okay, <laughs> okay so we, we, we will come back to this foundation again. But, you know, the scriptures is, it's so wonderful. Every time you read scripture, I like to always pray before I read scripture, 
um, to get a message from the Lord for me, for me personally, out of whatever scripture I read. And, and one of the scriptures that I, that I, I like, it says, do, do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. And I read that and, and I thought, the Lord's name is Jealous. And I thought, okay, let me try a different translation. And I, I took four or five different translations. And every time I read it, it said, the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. But what is he jealous of? Because the scripture says, do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. So he wants everything from us. We cannot give him half of our life. We cannot give him a part of it. He wants everything. All aspects of our life belong to him. And that's how it should be. We should give everything to him because he is a jealous God. So I want to bring you back to um, a little bit of my testimony moving on. I was um, fairly young and there was a church camp and it was for the older kids. I think it was um, 10 to 13, like the uh, older kids in primary school. So I wasn't, I wasn't able to go to this um, church camp. And when they came back, they, they brought the most amazing testimonies. They had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of those young kids actually spoke in tongues. And I was jealous. I was jealous of that. I wanted to do that as well. So maybe it was wrong. Maybe it was jealousy is wrong. Don't get me right. I'm not saying it's... it's, it's uh, don't get me wrong. It's, I'm not saying jealousy is right. But I think when you are jealous for God, the way he is jealous for us, it then becomes your desire. And my heart's desire was to speak in tongues. And it, it, was, it was welling up in me. And that was something that, that I wanted for myself. And, and I was jealous. But jealous to have something of God. So, in... Um, Psalm 37 verse 4, it states, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, I think it was okay. I think if you desire to have all of God the way he desires to have all of you, then it's, that's acceptable. That's the desire of your heart that the scriptures talk about. And I'm, I'm sure we can all remember that first person that we felt that we loved. And um, you walk past them and your heart skips a beat and you start talking to them and your mouth starts getting dry and you, you get all anxious. <laughs> um, the, the sort of love that the songs are written about, that you will, you will walk 500 miles to get to that person and you will catch a grenade for them and you'll die for them. and you'll, It's that love. That is the love that our Father has for us. And, and I mean, I, I had that love for, for Carla. But when Larika was born, it's a different love. That's a whole different thing. And that is the love that our father had for us when he was sacrificed on the cross for us. And we celebrated that just last week. But 
That is the love. That is the desire that we need to have in our hearts to love the Lord in the same way and to make him our own. Matthew 22 verse 37 says, uh, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And, and that's exactly how it should be. It should be unconditional love. It shouldn't be, uh, Lord, I'll love you if you give me this. Lord, I will do this if you give me that. It's, a, it's an unconditional love. That's the love that our Father gave to us. It was completely unconditional. He did not know us at the time, but he already loved us, knowing that we were going to be there. And because he loved us first, we love him back. The love came from him first. So, to finish this little part of the story, I did get my heart's desire. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I was fairly young, and it was at a, at a prayer meeting, at a corporate prayer meeting one night. Not many people in the room, and, and I just insisted with mom. I said, I want this. I want this. This is what I want. My desire is to speak in tongues. And it happened. It didn't happen immediately. There was lots of prayer. We were going on, I was thinking of Sufisu when he was preaching and saying that he had his prayer and he, he fell down and, and then he went away and later on he had that, that infilling and, and that reminded me of that. It, it wasn't immediate, but it did come. Uh, it, it did come and it, it was absolutely my heart's desire to have that um, love for the Lord and to have that desire to speak in tongues. So Matthew 9, verse 16 and 17, it says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk clothes, uh, cloth to an old garment, for the patch will, will pull away from the garment, making the, the tear worse. Neither will people pour new wine into old wineskins. If, the wine skin, uh, if, if they do, the wineskins will burst, and the wine will run out, and the skins will be ruined. So, once again, it's, it's coming back to, to new wine and the vessels that we spoke about uh, or that we sang about earlier about us being vessels um, for the Lord. So, Carla will tell you I have quite a few work shirts. I like to tinker around at home. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys that think I know everything about everything. So if it's gardening, I'll be in the garden. If it's plumbing, I'll be plumbing. If it's electric, I'll try it. Uh, I will try anything. So I have quite a few ruined shirts. And um, they don't always start out as being ruined. Because the plan is, I'm only quickly going to tighten this. Or I'm only going to quickly fasten that. And then I end up with work clothes in the garage or in the garden. And it's happened more than once. But... I do have shirts that, that get worn out quite a bit. And eventually they will tear or get hooked somewhere and get a tear in them. And um, you can sew them back up. But they don't always last. Because exactly what the scripture says, the rest of the shirt is already thin. So you can put a patch on it and it will still tear. It won't, it won't tear on the patch but it will tear next to the patch. So it will tear again. And the second part of that scripture is, um, 
is something I thought about the other day when I was driving on our, our newly fixed N2 freeway. And I think, <laughs> I, I heard a chuckle, so I know I'm on the right, on, on the right path. I, I was driving on this road, and, and I was just thinking to myself, you know what? It would have been better if they didn't fix it, because it's now worse than what it was in the first place. And I think, I think sometimes that's how we are. We, we are broken, and sometimes we feel that we're okay because we patch what has been broken. And that doesn't always work. Just like the garments, you can patch what has been torn, but it will tear again. And that brings me to my illustration. So I'm going to remove my jacket. <laughs> so Larika was not impressed when I... When I wore the shirt this morning, she said, Dad, you can't do that. Um, and Mom had a bit of a different response to that as well. But just like that, sometimes we look like we are okay from the outside. But inside, we are broken. And we try to sew it up, and we try to patch those, those patches. And if it lasts for a thin, it can't stay in because it will tear again and it, it will break. And I, I'm going to do another illustration now. So I, I felt to, to share this. And I, I've got two, two pretty identical cups here. And um, they, look, they look the same. Not much difference in them from the outside. You wine. And you pour it into the cup. And hopefully I won't make too much of a mess. It just goes right through. You can't, you can't contain it if you are broken. And then I'm going to take a cup that has no hole in it. And it fills up. And it fills up. And eventually it overflows. So that is in the scripture as well. And Tim started with it as well, saying that you've prepared a table for us. And that's exactly it. Our Father has prepared a table for us. Psalm 23 verse 5 says that I've prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I anoint your head with oil and your cup overflows. But your cup can't overflow if there's a hole in it. So we've got to fix ourselves We've got to repair our vessels and make them whole before we can overflow into our kids and our colleagues and the people we know. We must go back to our foundation that is in the Lord and we must come to our senses like the, the prodigal son. We must come to our senses and get back connected into, into the Lord. So I, I recently I, I heard a pastor use an analogy where when he was a kid and he was building a sandcastle, he filled up the bucket with sand. And you fill up that bucket and you compact the sand in. And eventually the sand is overflowing. It's sitting on the top. And as much as you want to compact, you can't compact anymore. It's now overflowing. And before you can pour it out, you have to wipe that off. And that was for me, for me such a real illustration of being full and your cup overflowing because the vessel is whole. 
So if, if, if we put this a little bit differently, I, I want to use an illustration of inviting the Lord into our lives. And I, I want to use a vehicle as an example. So we, we invite the Lord into our hearts and say, yes, Father, please come into my heart. I'm now yours. Um, but just sit in the back seat. Sit there in the back. Um, don't, don't touch my radio. Don't touch the aircon. Don't adjust the windows. Just sit there and protect me. And we do the same with our lives. We invite the Lord in and we say to him, Father, be in my heart, but don't affect my friends. These are, these are my friends. I, I still want to choose my friends. And Father, don't affect my finances. I, I, I know I should be giving a little something to the church, but y- you know what? Um, leave that to me. I, I, I will manage my own finances. And, and I, I, I still want to watch the programs on TV that I want to watch. Don't, don't adjust my TV. Just leave everything it is. Just sit in the back seat. And then as, as life goes on, there's a little fender bender because we're listening to the music a little bit too loud and um, we take our, our eyes off the road and we have a small accident. And we say, Lord, but why did this happen to me? And um, our father says to us, you had the music so loud, you couldn't concentrate on the road. So, so that's why it happened. It was your own choice. You had the radio loud. And then you think, hmm, okay, okay. You can adjust the radio, but only a little bit. But you can choose the programs. And you carry on, and you park at the beach, and somebody breaks into your car and steals your wallet. And I'm, Lord, why did this happen now? Well, you didn't put me in charge of your finances, so I couldn't manage your finances, and you made some poor decisions, and that's why you're in the financial situation that you are, because you... You made some bad decisions. You didn't put me in charge of that. And then and, um, you went out. You were partying with your friends. You had a few drinks and you had a serious accident. And you said, but Lord, why did this happen to me? And God says, but you didn't put me in charge of your friends. You made a bad decision. It was your own decision that you made to go driving and drinking and partying late at night. It was your decision. So our Father gives us free will to make these decisions. And recently we, we had Bruce McAlpine and he told us a story about a person that he met. And this guy got into quite a serious accident. And he ended up losing a limb. And it, it was devastating for him. And he blamed God. He said, why would God let this happen to him? And, and he, he, he was despising the Lord for what had happened to him. But later on, Bruce worked with him, and, and he came to the realization himself that it was his choice. Even though he knows the Lord, he made the choice to go out and drink and then drive drunk. So it was his decision to do that. Andy Stanley once said that we are the mastermind behind every poor decision we have ever made. And that is, that is exactly Right. The Lord gave us a free will. So even though he reminds us and he processes, he says, hey, you shouldn't be listening to, is, is, it's not the right thing. You should be listening to something else. We, sometimes we turn the music up and we, we tend to ignore what we hear from the Lord. But then we want to we hold him responsible for 
the consequences of our decisions. So I quote Exodus 34, verse 14 again. Do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is Jealous. Our Father wants all of us. So when we accept the Lord into our hearts, He must be our heart's desire. And we must give Him control over everything. We must put Him first in everything that we do and everything that we um, take part in. The Lord should be present there. You don't go on holiday and leave the Lord at home and say, Lord, we're going on holiday now. Please look after us and we'll come back and when we're here, um, please keep us safe again. He's always with you. And I know it's a cliche and, and Tim has said it many times. If you remove a coal from the fire, it gets cold very quickly. And, and that is the, the right illustration. When we remove ourselves from the Lord, we wither and we die. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we find reasons to blame the church. The church hurts us, or the pastor said something I didn't like, or um, one of the people in the, in the congregation said something, and I don't agree with it, so I'll just be upset. And I've also been hurt, and I'm sure each and every one of you guys sitting here has been hurt by a pastor or somebody in the congregation that said something that you didn't like. Last year when we did the bait of Satan, it was, it was such a big eye-opener because you, you get to experience things. And, and I wanted to say, while we were busy with the bait of Satan, I felt a lot of challenges come on my, come on my path to test me. And it was so good going through that series and, and not making these things personal, not um, taking something personal. The devil is going to use things that somebody good said to you and turn it around and you're going to take it the wrong way. Even uh, the pastor standing in the front says something that you don't like and, oh, I'm not going back to that church again. I'm now going to find a new church. Or, But I'm pretty sure I myself and many of you have said things to the pastor or to a previous church that you were at hurting them as well. So we need to pray about that and we need to connect ourselves into the Lord. So last week, Paula shared a scripture while we were in our prayer meeting. Romans 11, verse 17 to 20. And there we go. If some of the branches have been broken off and broken, sorry, let's start again. If some of the branches have been broken off and you Though a wild olive shoot have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap of the olive root, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root. The root supports you. You will say then, branches where... Sorry. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but... They were broken off because of their unbelief. You do not stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. And when I heard that scripture last week, it just sort of closed the whole loop for me. And it, it, it is such a beautiful illustration that we have to be grafted in to the tree. And I've, I've never done it myself, even though I think I can plant things. 
um, grafting a branch into a tree and then it takes nourishing sap from that tree and it starts growing again. And that is, that is such a beautiful illustration because that's exactly what we have to be. We have to be grafted into Jesus and take our nourishment from him. And as soon as we remove ourselves from that olive tree, we will wither and die. So we have to be permanently connected into that tree. So let's, let's bring this in for a landing. There are three takeaway points that um, I think is, is good to take away from this morning. Is we have to build our foundation on the rock. The rock obviously being Jesus. And we have the opportunity and the responsibility as parents to bring our kids up in that way. To put their foundation on the rock. And not everybody's had that, that privilege. Um, uh, yeah, there, there are many people that I know, I, I have a friend that prayed for a husband for over 25 years before he started coming to church. And he was quite elderly before he joined the church. And now he's very active in the church. So you who are here have that responsibility to make sure that your kids are planted on the right foundation. I, I quote Proverbs 22 verse 6 again. Train a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Then point number two. God has to be the desire of our hearts. In everything we do, our Father has to be the desire of our hearts. And when we put Him first, He is the desire of our hearts. And, and He will give us the desire of His hearts because He is our desire. And then lastly, point number three, we have to be grafted into the olive tree. So to be able to, to be grafted into the tree you give yourself over completely to the Lord. You don't make him a passenger in the back seat of the car. You give him full control of your friends, of your finances, of your spiritual being, your vessel. And, and that's what I want to come back to. And, and that's why it's so beautiful that all of this has come together. Is Sometimes we can't patch the vessel. We need to replace the vessel. We need to make it new. We need to have that revelation that we cannot just go on with our broken lives and, and have a little prayer or a little scripture at night by ourselves. We have to be connected in to the community of the church and the Lord so that we can renew our vessels completely and that our wine does not go missing. It spills over into our kids, into our friends, into our family and into our colleagues. And we can only overflow when the vessel is whole. So I, I want to take this, this opportunity and, and yeah, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share the word this morning. Um, if there's anybody here or online that feel they, they are broken, they need help, we can't carry on just patching the garments anymore. We need to renew that. Then I ask you to, I ask you to stand. And the guys at home, if if you feel this morning that you need prayer, 
Stand up with your family. Stand up with your friends, wherever you are. Stand up and we'll pray together so that our vessels can be renewed and we will retain our wine. Thank you. Anybody that feels this morning, thank you. Thank you. Okay. As people get up this morning, um, I'm going to start praying. If you feel that this is for you, make it your own. And even if you remain seated where you are at home or in the church, pray this with us. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you that just like the prodigal son came to his senses and he knew he could go home to his father. I pray this morning for each and every person standing here, standing at home, saying, Lord, I'm broken. I cannot continue to just patch my life. I want to put you in full control of my life, Father. I give everything back to you. And I ask you to manage my life. I ask you to help me make the right decision. Even though I have free will, I ask that each and every person here today, standing up, making a stand, saying, I'm making myself new, Lord. Please fill me. Use me as you please. Make me your vessel that new wine can flow from me and go out and I can be a blessing to everybody the same way that you are a blessing and you feed us through your nourishing sap, Father. I pray that each and every one of us will be grafted into you like we have never been before, that we will grow and take our nourishment from you and our fruits will be good, Father, and that we will be known by the fruits we bear. It's your fruits, Father, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.